0: Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How's everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys. Happy Valentine's Day, happy Galentine's Day, happy self-love and single girl day, whatever day it was that you celebrated this week. Happy Ash Wednesday as well. And I hope you guys are all having a good midweek of February. I cannot believe that it's already February 15th. I am so excited for what is to come though. This episode is going to be so good. If you liked last week's episode, you're going to love this one. We're talking to another woman in medicine and it's a very impactful and important conversation and I can't wait to dive in with you guys about it quickly in a little bit, but I am also really looking forward to this weekend and the rest of February. It's going to be a really good month so let's do a quick suck and sweet of the week and then I'll tell you what's going on and then we'll dive into Alex's episode. So suck and sweet of the week. My suck of the week is that continuing with the theme of overwhelm, um, I've been suffering from a little bit of an imposter moment. I don't like to call it imposter syndrome because it's just a moment. It's not terminal. It comes and it goes and you can get out of it and I am now out of it but for the last few days I definitely was in it quite a bit um, but then yesterday it was just the best day like so many good things happened and not everything went my way exactly the way I would have liked and hoped but I'm feeling very confident about a couple of products I have in the works that I can't wait to share more about I've been teasing them so if you follow me you know a little bit more about what I'm talking about and I am super excited to be able to formally announce them um, I dropped one of them as a hint, as a pretty obvious hint, yesterday on my Instagram stories. So, um, or today, yesterday when you're listening to this, um, it's Wednesday, it's Valentine's Day as I'm recording this. Um, sometimes it's really hard to talk like future me. But yeah, yesterday for you guys listening, I posted something really big and exciting and I hope you saw it. I hope you caught it. Let me know if you did. And yeah, we're definitely going to talk more about that as the rest of February goes on because it's at the end of the month. But this weekend, I will be flying up to spend some time with my boyfriend and we are going to do a cross-country road trip as he moves from one part of the country to a completely different part, much closer to me. And I know I haven't talked too much about him or talked about him at all, really. I don't think I've teased it here and there, Um, but I'm starting to publicly hint at him a little bit more but I'm not saying anything too much about him what he does or his name or anything like that but um yeah it's funny the first year I ever have a valentine on valentine's day and I don't get to spend time with him just my luck but I will get to see him on Friday so tomorrow for those listening which is really exciting but as I'm recording it's in two days I'm really looking forward to spending time with him and a road trip and a little vacation and seeing what happens um my sweet of the week is that that it's valentine's day and i get to see him soon and i'm doing a galentine's and i'm going to church with my grandma for ash wednesday and i'm really just taking the time to spend time with myself and my family and my friends and really leaning into journaling and yoga and i think doing that and making that shift and making that an important part of my life the last few months has been integral and so so important to me and actually alex and i talk a little bit about that in this week's episode so it's the perfect segue this week i'm so excited to have dr alex palumbo on she is the blonde girl aesthetics on instagram she has her own new jersey and miami based aesthetics salon and studio and she does injectables Mm -hmm. fillers botox all of that fun stuff but her philosophy is unique She really cares about making it customized to you and making you feel the best in your skin. And, you know, she tells you when it's too much or too little and she really tries to make sure that it is exactly what you need and nothing but. And she walks you through falling in love with yourself first and not just putting things in your face, in your body, treating yourself holistically and your mind and the mental health component all of that stuff. So we talk a lot about that in this episode and why we talk about why she went the DNP route versus medical school or PA school route or just nursing and how she got into injectables and her journey through the medical field as a female and her story going to a Catholic all-girls school and so so much more. It's a really incredible episode and I met her on instagram we actually go to pilates together at jet set which is the studio that darcy last week's guest owns and they're really good friends and we all got coffee together one day and we just had such a great time and i'm so excited that i finally get to bring you guys her episode so if you liked it please leave a rating and a review please subscribe to the show share with a friend tag us as you're listening let me know who you want to see next what topics you want me to cover next and i will see you guys very very soon meet alex so Alex, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? Ooh, that's a good one.
1: There's so much. I don't know. I Actually, you know what? I try to be extremely realistic and transparent and just relatable on my social media because I think it's very, very important, especially in today's age. Um, but I'm very transparent. Everyone knows I'm from New Jersey. Oh, okay. I went to a private Catholic all-girl college, nursing oh, college, yeah. Jersey, exactly. and it became co-ed my junior year. So that's something that probably most people don't know about me.
0: Yeah. Why, why did you go to an all-girls college? Was that like an intentional choice? Was that like something your parents wanted you, for you to do? No,
1: actually. So I am, I'm, I'm a homebody. I knew that I actually applied to a lot of different colleges, but more towards like not so far away Some in delaware um but mostly in new jersey when i went to nursing school um it wasn't really about the program in itself cause i always really wanted to continue my education and get my graduate degree but you know how they always say it's just at the diploma it doesn't really matter where like you graduate from you just you know you're doing the course and everything but you want to go to an accredited nursing program, which
2: is really really important like that's the main you know significance of yeah
1: it. so i applied to a bunch of different places at the time I didn't know if I wanted to do like radiology because I love sonograms and ultrasounds or nursing. So I applied to half the colleges for nursing and half the colleges for radiology. So Georgian Court was one of the colleges that I applied for nursing. And I loved just the campus in itself was beautiful, but actually the community of it. I knew I didn't want to, you know, live on campus, but the grounds were beautiful. It was very sacred, very spiritual. And it's actually, I'm not sure, not sure if you're aware of where the college is, but it's actually the middle of a Hasidic community. So there's a lot of culture, uh, Catholic and um, Jewish. So it was, it's very interesting. So a lot of my friends that I went to with were Jewish. And I actually, my first job was in a primarily Jewish hospital. So it was very cultural, but to answer your question, um Georgia Court not only had like an accredited nursing program, but they offered me a very, very good scholarship and I really resonated with the community and culture point of it as well.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Also interesting that it was a Catholic university in a Hasidic Jewish community. Yeah. Um yes. that's like interesting, but I love that. I like that, you know, scholarships is important. Going to an accredited program, especially if you mm-hmm. are do you know what you want to do at a younger age, you know, why not? go right to it like directly to mm-hmm. it and don't like skip around or anything but just like the cultural aspect I think growing up like if we have the luxury of being exposed to that many cultures why not take that opportunity you know exactly. state schools are great I love I went to state schools twice like for college and for law school and I loved them but nothing compared to being back home in Miami which is ultimately why I came back home I was like I felt like there was no culture besides like the college drinking culture there wasn't culture and I missed that so I think that's really cool that you chose a school that allowed you to stay close enough to home but be exposed to a different culture than your own and that really influenced your life so I think that's so cool
1: like in high school and middle school I always had like guy friends I think I just like resonated more with like guys growing up yeah Girls were, like, always catty, and I just didn't mesh well. I didn't have a lot of girlfriends.
2: I'm with on that. Um, so I think
1: it was challenging for me to, like, choose an all-girls school, but for whatever reason, like, I was just accepted, and it was, a, like, we all – knew that we we saw the end goal and to this day I'm still so close with a lot of my girlfriends from school and they're my patients now and it's, it's like what we were just talking about it's very rewarding to see it full circle and see everyone kind of like achieve their goals and their career goals and they're just amazing people
2: so
0: yeah I I, I can relate to that too I was definitely more of a guy's girl growing up I grew up dancing my entire life so I was in a locker room I was always surrounded by girls but my like chosen friends outside of like the dance world were primarily guys, and like I've always liked sports. I've always been interested in that world, so it just like it was a natural fit. Just like my personality, like being a more tough, love, like stubborn person. Like yeah, I just didn't do well with the cattiness, so I always like, said I could never go to. It was an easier. School. I just like
1: it was easier. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I could never have gone to an all girls school. I think, but I think it's cool that you know you challenge yourself, like you said, and yeah, the the reward, like, I, I think, like, people underestimate, like, how much growth happens in your early 20s. And I think being in an environment that challenges you like that, in addition to just college itself, but like, your early 20s, and really putting yourself through the ringer, like, and then obviously, you went to grad school after, which I want to talk about, for me, like, that period of 23 to 25 was truly the most transformative of my life. And that wouldn't have happened had I not you know, challenge myself to do it and put myself in an environment that I knew I didn't fit in. And I knew I didn't belong, but found my place in it. And very similar to you, like in college, yeah. like that wasn't, you, you weren't exposed to that many girls all the time, but it, it helped you become who you are. But why medicine? Why did you want to go? You said either nursing <laughs> or radiology. Why did you want to go into medicine? Oh, uh,
1: so I... I'm a little biased, but um, I grew up, both my parents are in the healthcare field, not necessarily in nursing or medicine, but my mom, actually, she's in um, nutrition and wellness. So she actually has her graduate degree from Vanderbilt. So she, I always, I was thinking about this earlier today, like, I think that I'm driven by just women in general, like empowered by women and their strengths. And she was a driving force and I think in my success and why I continue to just keep on going and not stop my career. Um, so the fact that she had her, her graduate degree and, you know, she always told me stories growing up about how like she grew up with like nothing and um, her parents were divorced and she had, you know, two sisters and she really worked so hard to get where she is. And my dad, he's in medical sales. So it's always surrounded by healthcare. Um, but honestly, like I always had a passion for wellness, just comprehensive wellness. And I did struggle also severely with acne growing up, and it was honestly debilitating to me. Like I, I, it really affects you in every single way
2: possible. And
1: I remember not wanting to leave the house and going through all those emotions of struggling with acne. So I think both of those. Uh, Concepts, and then just also I'm oldest, so I'm extremely nurturing. I have two younger brothers, and my parents were always were you know working, and I would I kind of like raised my brothers in a way. So there's always like a nurturing motherly side of me. So before I got into aesthetics and dermatology, I actually worked seven years in obstetrics, so OB postpartum mother baby. So I love that realm of uh, nursing as well, and yeah, just Honestly, when I graduated with my graduate degree, um, for, I'm a family nurse practitioner, but I have my doctorate as well. And when we graduate, they say like, you can treat womb to two. And I really feel like that's kind of comprehensively what I was able to do like within my nursing career. And now I'm giving back to actually nursing. I'm a professor. Um, and I teach like, let's talk about full circle again, George for my like nursing college. Um, I am teaching first year nursing students and I absolutely love it. So right now I'm really focusing on like education and just growing my practice here in Miami
2: and New Jersey.
0: That's so cool. I, so many things that you just said, like I resonated with a lot. Both of my parents are children of divorce and my mom is the oldest. She has a younger sister and neither of them went to graduate school. They both just have undergraduate degrees. Um, my aunt always said she wishes she would have gone to law school and she would have been an incredible lawyer and honestly like I kind of like it it, like hurts me that she didn't go do it yeah if like if you had you would be 10 times more unstoppable than you are yeah Um, and my mom it took her a really long time to finish she graduated from college the year she gave birth to me wow that's amazing so she graduated at 25 like it took her a long time she had to work her way through school um and she like was wor- she she always had a job. Like she she had to put food on the table. Like she, you know, her and my dad have been told since we were kids. Like they really like fought for it. But she's the matriarch. My grandma is the matriarch and then my mom is like matriarch number two. It's mm-hmm. a very women-centric like there's three men in my family. My brother, my dad, and my uncle. Everybody else is women.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. The
0: women run the show here. So I always grew up seeing like strong women. And that's why I didn't get along with other girls because I was like, I'm very tough. So like guys yes, handle I agree. that. Oh and I and, I'm so like to say that, it's so true. And like girls just didn't, like I didn't do well with like, not that I'm not an emotional person. I 100% am, but like, I'm not a cry baby. I'm not like a drama queen. Like shopping and boys, that's not the only things that interest me. Like I wanted to talk about politics and like religious yeah. and like all the like money. Like I love talking about big stuff that young girls are not yeah. to talk about. And like, I watched Bloomberg with my dad and we discussed what's going on and like sports and like, it just like that just because I saw strong women my entire life growing up. And so that like really resonated with me, what you just said. And also, um, that like you go, you, you're giving back by teaching now. That's something that I talk about a lot with my, with on the podcast and with my friends, but my school, like I'm still very connected with my law school and I'm working on one day being able to go back and teach there because- I have a really untraditional path of being a lawyer and law schools don't do a great job of showing that there's more than one way. And so I want to teach entrepreneurship class. And like one of my professors, I went back for homecoming in November and he said to me, you know, in my 14 years of teaching, I've never met a student quite like you. And like my goal now is to find the next one and then introduce you to them. And I was like, "Yes, I love are, that. You try, are you trying to make me cry right now? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um like was like, like rewarding was, compliment Yeah, I was like that's really freaking cool. And I I want I I can't wait to meet who that person is. Guy, girl, whoever. You mm-hmm. know, and I love mentorship and like networking and connecting with people and helping people find what their passion and what their like purpose is and like I like fostering that. Very similar mm-hmm. to you. Yep. So, it makes sense to go the teaching route or the mentorship route at the very least and I think it's really cool that that's also something that you do. But you said you worked in obstetrics for seven years before. What made you switch to aesthetics and like injectables? So at the time, get personal,
1: um, I was dating a neonatologist. So we were actually in a very serious relationship. And I think it was eye-opening to me that it was actually the reason why I moved to Miami, believe it or not. So we met in New Jersey. We were working at the same hospital. And then we moved to Miami. He was doing a fellowship here. And um, I got a job right away at Mount Sinai. Absolutely loved what I was doing. I worked throughout my entire graduate studies. I was working night shift. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't have had it any other way. It challenged me. I, I think I worked the best under pressure. So um, I think it kept me organized and committed and structured. So I, I really appreciate the whole experience. And again, same thing, build a community um, while working at the hospital. And it also really, you know, kind of showed me what I didn't like and what I did like about that specialty. I'll tell you that. And also just nursing and medicine in general. So when I was working there, there was a few concepts that I really distinguished, regardless of the specialty is how you kind of want to guide your practice philosophy. Um, And I'm not sure if you're aware, but obstetrics, it's a lot of reassurance, a lot of, you know, a lot of these you know new families and and they don't know what to expect. They they come in with a plan and then the complete opposite happens. So it's a lot of education, a lot of handholding, a lot of reassurance and safety and uh transparency. So all of those qualities like that's what obstetrics taught me. And it kind of is also just like this driving force of like how can I be better? How can I give more of myself? How can I help others and that in that career and that in that um specialty I really I think it really developed my love for and passion for education even more so I was like okay well I have I also love dermatology and when I was dating that doctor I knew I wanted to have a family I knew I wanted to have a family um with the right person um in the right time I knew I wanted to have a family and with our careers it just didn't align to be honest with you like it was going to be very, very difficult, and before I got into nursing, I was also a nanny growing up. I had a lot of different families I wasn't c like CPR certified that was kind of I was always like a hospital from the very when I was when I was really young and um I would have multiple different families on my block and I just knew to myself like I wanted to be be present in raising my children you know my parents are also divorced I'm not sure if I mentioned that to you but I did really help raise my my two younger brothers so I wanted to make sure number one I wasn't settling okay for anything in my life whether it be my career my relationship right number two was that I really chose the right partner to bring you know not only the foundation was you know secure but also chose the right person to bring a family into my life right and create this this partnership with this family with right and then three that i was going to be able whatever job career i chose to be fully autonomous and be present in my children's life not that i won't have you know help from whatever being but i want to enjoy my pregnancies and be present and raising my children yeah so with that person not only did i not see myself having really any of those things, but I didn't want to. And I just knew it wasn't gonna be compatible with what you know those three things were. So to answer your question, that kind of drove me into dermatology because I could have more autonomy in my practice. Um I do not like routine and like I the reason why I love aesthetics so much in dermatology is because it's never boring. Like it's ever evolving. It's never a dull moment. Um, it's always an adventure, so it never gets you know mundane to me or boring in any single way. And there's always a way to better yourself. So that's kind of why I didn't choose primary care, because I could have been you know primary care would um, be, but I did all my rotations and it just wasn't fulfilling to me in the same way that you know helping people with their skin or their external beauty also in, you know, affects their internal beauty in a way. And we can talk about this more as well. Because I'm extremely passionate about this, but it was just a different type of fulfillment. And I knew that I could have that and, you know, later on have my family as well.
0: Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I, I mean, we were talking about this when we got coffee, like a lot of why I chose to go my own way very early on in my law, my legal career was because I saw the writing on the wall. I saw what those women in those firms in any firm big small i saw the lives that they had and if you want to be successful you either need to marry someone who's also really successful or you're gonna give up at the way either way you're giving up something you're giving up time with your kids if you want that or you're giving up your career and i was like i don't want to to give up either one i want both and i think that takes a lot of like foresight And like maturity to know at a young age, like you and me both, like you know, this isn't the relationship that's gonna help me get what I want. This isn't the career that's gonna help me get what I want. And like I, one hundred percent, refuse to settle. Talk about this all the time. And I tell, Mm -hmm. I literally like one of my friends. She's in law school still right now. And like whenever she has boy trouble, like it, it, like she's like she calls me because she's like, yeah, I know you're gonna give it to me straight. And from like I. For a while, I thought she hated me because I was so hard on her. But like the the closer we've gotten in the last year, the more I'm like, the reason I'm so hard on you is because I see a lot of myself in you. I see a lot of potential in you, and hate to break it to you, but the boyfriend that you had before was bringing you down. When she texted me, like I I have news for you, and I was like, what? And she's like, I broke up with him, and I was like, I I'm so sorry to say this, but like I'm so happy to hear that. She goes, No, I'm happy too. I was like, okay. Cute, because like I like you can see it. You can see when the people around you are settling, and you know it's hard to to see it, but it's even harder to recognize when you are. I think sometimes, um like obviously, it's better on the outside looking in. But when it's your yourself to know that in yourself, that you were like, no, like I'm gonna go and do this for me, and I want to touch on what you said about like helping women with the internal beauty aspect of it because there's a lot of like misconception, like fillers. was like my
1: top. favorite paper favorite
0: Oh like, I know we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk hours in. about this to topic. It. It's like everyone's just thinking it's like, it's external it's and and like yes, it is but there's one you need to know a lot about what's going on inside of the body to be a good injector but also it does affect your appearance like I got a nose job and I'm very open about that at 17. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. helped that was the jumpstart of my confidence. Not that that alone made me confident. There was so much work that has happened in the last six, seven, eight, nine years that Mm -hmm. since then, and then truly in the last four years is where it really came. But if I hadn't done that, I don't think I would be where I'm at today because yeah, what you see in the mirror helps a lot, but there's a lot of inner work that goes into it and finding someone to help you do the external stuff that is also going to nurture the internal side and knows about the internal side because you have that nurturing background, because you have maybe because of the OBGYN background, because Mm -hmm. of the missing background, like that really does make a difference. Okay, yeah, like talk about a little why that's so important to you and what people don't consider when they're going to get injectables, I guess.
1: So it's so funny, you pointed out a couple of things that I want to chat about. So uh, I always say like, I wear a lot of hats people don't realize, but like, especially like an entrepreneur, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, I'm an educator. I also feel like I'm a therapist in some sort of way. And to, to just hint on or touch on what you just talked about with your friends. Like, I think that that is a true friendship. Yeah. Like that is when you
2: push somebody
1: and you challenge them right in a, in a positive environment, when you know that person energy, Right. It's, because it's coming from such a pure and genuine place, right? And that's kind of a, a, a form of love. So it, it's because those are your true friends that continue to push you and drive you yeah. because they really see like you long-term and they want to see you so happy. And it's not easy. It is not easy. Um, and I always say that it's easier to be complacent. Yeah. It really is. It's the easy way out. Um, but at the end of the day, not going to be fulfilling so there are so many times in my life where I could have just stayed in certain careers or with working with certain employers and I was so unhappy and that's kind of what drove me to open BGA in a way I knew that I just wanted to provide my patients with better quality of care I just went telling myself I could do this better I could do it better and I want to do it better I'm going to do it better it's going to happen and honestly I manifested BGA Like, if it, you know, you say, like, if there's a will, there's a way. And I told myself in my mind, like, there, there is no, there's no option for failure. There
2: is no, it doesn't doesn't exist. I don't
0: don't believe in failure. Like, I don't think failure is like, that's not real. Because if you fail, you only fail if you don't learn from it. You know, that's the only way you fail. Because it, I I have a whole blog post on this actually from last year. It's like, we need to reframe failure as a pivot. Like, why is it about, like you learn from it you move on you like if it was a bad relationship or a bad job you realize like what you don't want to settle for and what you're not willing to put up with and what kind of boss you don't want to be in the future or what kind of manager or whatever learning experience
1: everything anywhere even relationships like everything is a learning experience you know you learn more about yourself and what you want in your partner or even like in your career you know so I always see that all the time, like everything that you go through in your life and through your journey, it's all an experience and you learn something from it. So yeah. I'm so appreciative for all, all of the experiences that I had and will continue to have in the future. Yeah. Um, to answer your question regarding aesthetics, so we, we talked about, you know, my acting journey and honestly, I, so BGA is a boutique bed spot in Edgewater. I am from New Jersey, so I also have a location in New Jersey as well. Um, and I really do have a passion for skincare and just wellness in general, right? So that's kind of like why I cho- choose to practice very holistically and conservatively. Um, I started my career and we talk a little bit about this in our coffee chat too. I started my career in corporate aesthetics, which is I actually have like two different settings, so which I feel like kind of makes me unique in a way. Um, so I started my career in corporate aesthetics, so I know all the legality of aesthetics and all safe practices. And it's just, it's just a different realm. Like you're very safe and you are always cautious. Like, you know, we only only go by the FDA. And um, so I have that realm. And then I also have the private practice realm as well, where it's kind of more like autonomous, independent, um, you know, where I have like the best of both worlds. And then with like through mentorship and lots of education and trainings like i've built my practice and kind of feel completely confident in my skills where i'm at today but um that's why i love i kind of go back to my roots of the holistic because i'm i'm very conservative in my practice i believe in like less is more and all about you know natural beauty um and it's all education for better focused so with that being said you know i always explain to my patients you come you come into my office right and you and you point out certain concerns to me but you have to understand the why behind it like what is the root cause and this is where all the education comes into play especially in, in nursing and medicine right there's always going to be a root cause so when someone comes into my office and they say oh i don't like this here or i don't like that there okay well, let's talk about why it's there and how it happened right so those are signs of aging okay what well, you're seeing superficially is happening you know many years prior and now it's just coming to a surface so that's why i really phone in on the, the you know, have the significance of prevention. And I hear it all the time nowadays. Like, even my patients in their 40s and 50s, like, oh, well, I'm not ready for Botox yet. I don't need it. And I'm like, mm, okay, there's a lack of awareness there. Let's go back. Let's revisit this. Let's talk about, you know, why prevention is so important. To talk about like um, the internal and external beauty, I really also drive my practice on how aesthetics affects mental health and like you pointed it with your nose or not with it with your nose. I really am so passionate about this because again, to an extent, you know, and that's where our our intuition and our expertise comes into play when it crosses the line between like body dysmorphic disorder, um, you know, what is a psych like component? But if something's gonna help somebody, right? Um we're gonna give you an example. Uh you know, most of these um, modalities and procedures were created very like botox has been around for years. Okay, it was invented in initially for medical reasons, and now in 25 years ago, it's, it's starting being used for cosmetic purposes. So a lot of you know what initially was treated was for medical purposes, like you know um, hyperhidrosis or bladder spasms and stuff like this. So um, someone who can come into my office and you know have like a sweating problem or anything like that, like even their palms. So there are certain things that can change people's lives with these procedures. And I think that's why we need to look at aesthetics for its purity instead of just looking at all like the bad work out there, the overfilled faces. And I think that's one of, I have to say, one of my goals. Um, It has been initially since I started working in aesthetics, but it's really just to destigmatize this field. And I know um, social media is like, you know, one of the driving forces of that. Um, but a lot of my patients come to me and they're like, you know, they're scared of certain procedures now. And I'm just like, okay, it's because of it's what, what's out there. And I'm like, let's let's talk about it. Like, let's talk about your reservations, you know, and that's why it's so important to go over the education and just be very thorough and transparent and set realistic expectations with all of them because I understand, I get it, it, it is scary, Right. You know we're injecting something in your face that is foreign um you don't know what to expect it is your face and that's why it's also so important to go over and make sure you're properly credentialing your providers um and really have like thorough conversations with them as well that answers your question I really yeah, no
0: there's so much I forgot that you you worked in corporate and I think it's, yeah. it's a good thing like and talking about what you just said at the end like finding the right injectors like there's so many people that are doing it just because of like, it's the hot new thing. And it's like a good way to make money. And like, it's just, you know, quote, unquote, like easy to grow because of like the social media, like aspect of it. And like the celebrity aspect of it, but they don't necessarily know what they're doing. They don't understand how it does affect the internal part of you, your mental health, your psych, like the body dysmorphia, like all these things. And like, Mm -hmm. we see it with certain celebrities a lot, like, yeah. Every you can allude you know exactly who I'm alluding to but like they've changed so much that they don't even look like them and like yeah. is it really helping them like are they happy like you know and it's just I think having that background of like you knew how to do it by the books and then you have your you add your holistic practice you know that you middle ground and you have yeah. the yeah. education to back up what you're saying I've mm-hmm. only ever gone to an injector who is an PA, and she's a licensed, and she's a dermatologist, and she's mm-hmm. very skilled, and she knows her stuff. And every time someone's like, "Oh, like I'm like gonna go get botox for the first time," and I'm like, "All right, like who are you going to? Like, have you done any research? Like, are they like credentialed? Mm-hmm. Like all this stuff?" They're like, "No, they just like are having a good deal." I'm like, "Okay, great, but like yeah. no, <laughs> like the great deal is awesome. I love a deal, but like, is that the best person? Like, this is serious. This is your face, and we're too young." to like, start fucking it up now. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not worth it. So I love you emphasize how important the education aspect is, because I'm like, I'm the first one to say, like, if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. And that's part of my job too, is a lot of it is people don't know what the hell a trademark is and why it's so important I to I know, I, I wanted to have a yeah.
1: conversation with you because this has been on my mind too. I want to trademark BGA and we could have a separate conversation. Yeah, no, that.
0: we need to. You, need to, you need, need to have That's a separate. <laughs> yes, yes. But I think it's so important to education. And I think you do a really good job of it because like you said, like you you show up, you are 100% who you are offline, who you are online. Obviously, there's just more to you offline, but like you don't hide the right. ball and you really tell it to it straight. and and like you make it fun and enjoyable and entertaining and it looks pretty and like aesthetics like that's the whole point but like you're actually teaching people something and like that's that's what we need like we need just more education because oh for sure
1: for sure we're getting
0: all of our information from social media and there's a lot of misinformation out there so like making sure that what you're putting out there is like good information that's how you build a loyal following that's how you build a good client of course
1: of course and actually I'm so I'm speaking, um, in next week, uh, it's my first, I, you know, I, I teach, I love speaking, I love education, but it's my first big speaking event for revision skincare, which is the only skincare brand that I carry at BGA. I initially had five when I opened and I dropped them because again, it's all backed by research and evidence-based and I truly see the results. So visible results, just the highest quality skincare. And I, I practice what I preach. So I not only I don't offer anything at BGA that I haven't tried myself or fully wholeheartedly believe in. So um, I am speaking about uh, speaking about the skincare line, but also the procedural pairing. So this is, again, same thing, lack of awareness, education. A lot of my patients will come into my office and they'll be like, "Okay, well, I don't like my lines and I go over them and I'm like them. You know, Botox is not going to fix all your problems. You know, I know there's like that real out there, like you know, this fix all my save my life, fix all my problems, but it's not going to. It is not going to, and you have to be realistic about that. Because again, like I said, aging occurs at different different levels of your face, right? Different ages. Everyone ages differently. There's so many different components that go into it: intrinsic, extrinsic, genetics, sun exposure, all of these things, right? Also, it's not just about the procedure itself it's about what you're doing on a daily basis to preserve your investments you know you can come into the office and spend five hundred to a thousand dollars but and then not wear sunscreen every single day yeah and then you're gonna come back to me you're not gonna like your results well what are you doing you know i also make sure i hold my patients accountable So not only am I educating them, I'm like, listen, this is what I'm doing for you. I'm providing with education, but I can only do so much, you know, when you walk out of my office, you know, I'm not going to handhold you. I'm always here. I'm always here to be your cheerleader. And I'm like, my patient's biggest cheerleader, right? I always say, I treat all my patients like my family, but I also make them hold themselves accountable in a way, because there's only so much that I can do as a practitioner.
0: Yeah, that's a huge point. I see a lot, a lot, especially with people our age, just like. It's like let me go get Botox. Let me go do this. Let me like the laser. The the Morpheus Eight. The newest thing. And mm-hmm. it's like if you don't wear a hat, you don't wear sunscreen, you don't drink water, and all you're doing is drugs and alcohol every weekend. <laughs> it's not gonna look good. Like I'm so sorry. Like I don't know what you expect. Yeah. yeah. It's like funny because my mom got Botox for the first time three years ago, okay. and she looks like her skin. Not that she ever wore sunscreen before because they obviously didn't back then, but. Mm-hmm. She, she's like really smart she's done the lasers and the peels and like because our girl is a dermatologist and she cares Mm -hmm. that also and now you look at my mom and you'd be like no way that's your mother that's your sister and I'm like no no that's my mom Um, and I'm like my grandma is 72 and she looks like she's like in her early 60s like she looks 10 years younger because Again, not that they preserved themselves then, but the minute that they could afford to and learned that they should be doing it, they did. And now they care about that. And like, you know, yeah, they get Botox and they get fillers. And my grandma did like an eye treatment to like get the dark Mm -hmm. eye circles, but like sunscreen every single day and a hat and water and eating foods that are going to healthy fat and like, you know, taking care of their skin. Yeah. You said preserving the investment. And it amazed me the amount of girls that don't wash their face before going to bed or don't put on a moisturizer. Or like I get it retinol scary, but like exfoliating properly and like not St. Eyes and like all these other things. And like, I think mm-hmm. talk is great because it it's teaching people at a younger age to be more conscious of it. But it's like, you also can't have 500 actives on. The, you know like exactly i knew a, a
1: girl and it really is and finding the right provider that's going to treat you individually and yeah. customize because i i mean i can have i can talk to you for hours and hours about this, this this concept but i mean people come to my office and i'm just like blown away just like in complete yeah. shock of what they tell me these horror stories and i'm like oh my goodness like i would never want to be treated like that yeah. and that's kind of what Drove me to open, you know, VGA as well, because I was I was working in certain settings where I was like, I do not agree with this, you know, I do not agree with this, and I am not one to be complacent, like we talked about. But I will always voice and voice my opinion, and I will never, you know, just kind of like go with the flow if I don't feel like some if it feels something is right. And that's kind of where it led me to, you know, open my own practice and and practice with my own philosophy because it is scary it is scary like it is scary. I've had patients come into my office and say oh you know the provider walked in with our you know the the syringe is already pre-filled and just like jabbed in my face and they didn't go over post-care and like then my brow dropped and then I got heavy and then they couldn't open my eye and like, da, da, da all this I'm like oh my gosh oh my
0: gosh like oh it, it's just it's, it's crazy like I've had several friends like I see it, like from my friends on social media like that they made a post about it or that they told me and it's like oh yeah, like, I, like my, my face is burned off. And I'm like, why would you do like, what, like, what, what, what were you putting on your face? And they're like, oh, I did like, I was using this, this, oh. this. And I'm like, well, you can't use those two things together. Like you need sunblock yep. and you can't go in the sun for X amount of days. Or like, like right now, like I'm, I'm going laser because it's winter. So we're not out in yep. sun as much. I know that I can't get sun until Saturday. So I'm not going to go get sun until Saturday because I'm waiting for the 10 days to not, yep. you know, hurt, ruin my skin. But like, people don't know those things and it just yeah bamboozles me but it's, it is it is like you have it on your um on your Instagram bio like customized same thing with Botox I the first second time I went to get my lips done I asked her about Botox she goes you don't need it yet maybe in six months when you come and you're 25 but you don't need it yet and I've only ever gotten Botox twice in my entire life
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know I, and like very I very minimal really
1: important that you just pointed out like you have to find a practitioner who is not afraid to tell you no. Yeah. And I say this all the time because, oh my gosh, like people, it's really sad. It's really sad to me because yes, obviously you're growing your business, right? But you have to keep, you get, the, the, the most important aspect of our career is to provide patient safety, okay? And that's what I'm thrilled in my students' minds, right? And that's how I run BGA. I would never recommend you a modality or a treatment that I didn't wholeheartedly feel was the best fit for you. So I'll give you an example. I had a patient come in this week and she was just like so concerned about her eyes, right? And this is the thing also, like once you start doing these treatments, you kind of forget where you started. So I like to always go over like, where, where you were when you first came to my office and how you look today, right? And also hold them accountable. Like, are you practicing your skincare? Are you coming consistently every three to four months for your talks? You know, it depends on what you're doing. Like, let's revisit that plan of care. Like, you know, when you first come in for a consultation, I go over an entire plan of care for a year. So if you're coming in to me, you know, on your third time and you're seeing this, it's like, okay, well, let's go back to that initial consultation and talk about where we are today. Well, this patient comes in and she's like, Looking at her eyes, saying that she feels like she's aging in her eye area, and she asked me to do filler in her under eye. and I am, like I said, very very conservative, and filler in the under eye is not the best solution. Period. Right? It's like you have it's dangerous. A, you, ha, it's extremely dangerous, causing problems yeah,
0: with my injector. Because-
1: um, yes, but honestly, I've dissolved so many under eyes. Um. Again, various reasons, mostly not the ideal candidate, right? Um, Placement, product placement, product in general, whatever being. Um, But I see it a lot where it's the patient is not the ideal candidate for filler. And they just want to resort to it. And it's a lot of education. And it takes a strong provider to say no. Not only because they're going to miss out on financially, but to protect the patient because that's where it should be the priority is the patient's safety, okay? Long-term results. And this is why there's such a stigma about aesthetics because there's all this bad work out there because people just filled for money and people didn't look at each person individually and they didn't say no. And whether that being because they're inexperienced, and I, I honestly, I think about this so much you know, where I started my career, I'll be going into my fifth year in aesthetics. And I think about like, in the beginning, I just told you, like, I've always, you know, spoke up. And if I I always tell my students, like, I'm not the smartest person. I don't know all the answers, but I can find you the answers, right? And same thing with my patients. Like, if I feel like, you know, you're you're a specific case and like I'm teetering on something, I will go with my mentor or I will go to someone who's trusted in this community and basically consult with them about this patient's care. I won't just fill them then and there. I'll say, you know what? Let me do the research. Let me, you know, consult with someone else, and I want to see you back in my office in two weeks. But for safety, I would never just agree to fail. And I feel like that's what has happened previously because whether they want to, you know, be more profitable or make the patient happy or they're not confident in saying no, it just it's a multitude of you know different reasons and. It is scary, and that's what we're seeing today in aesthetics that people are fearful of these treatments because they don't want to dissolve, they don't want to look puffy, they don't want to have reactions, and I think that's where this whole like vicious cycle of not giving patients the quality care that should be you know it's rush treatments it's not you know looking at each patient individually it's not you know like you said, patient providers will. Oh, my gosh. Kayla, I get so many DMs. Not that I'm great, not, not grateful for it, honestly. I, I love being a mentor, love educating, love talking about my journey and where I got to where I am. But I didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, I want to be an aesthetic injector. I'm going to open my, my mental tomorrow. I'm going to start injecting. Yeah. I yeah. am very transparent. I've literally, people don't understand, I've invested over $50,000 in my aesthetic career. That's a lot of money a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and it's continuous. People just feel, you know, we don't learn this stuff in MP school. You don't learn this stuff. You have to, it's outside of your school it's additional to specialty. So you can't just like decide to open a meds and start injecting. And that's that's the scary part of aesthetics because, oh, yeah. and that's why I always tell my patients, you know, you are not going to come to me for whatever reason. If we don't align, if, you know, maybe my pricing is off for you, that's okay. You know, but I, please, I encourage you, please research where your chosen practice and providers are going to be, you know, because it is your face, it's your body, and these are medical procedures. And I, I always have this conversation. I want to protect the purity of aesthetics and continue to destigmatize it because like we just talked about, it really does affect, you know, your mental health of how you look exterior. It's, it's literally symbiotic and, Honestly, I feel like in my realm of practice, I feel like I'm making this world a better place by helping people look and feel their best self. And I don't like that might sound cliche, but it's extremely fulfilling to me, even my acne patients, because I know how challenging it is. And like I said, there are days where I didn't even want to leave the house. And it, it really, really, I, I, I really feel for those, those patients and, I just want to protect aesthetics as much as possible.
0: Yeah, no, there's so many like things to touch on. But I think like, yeah, it's just, I, I see it all the time. Like, it's like, yeah, people do things for the money. And I'm, I, I, I like, literally, I'm a broken record. I'm like, if you're going to law school, because you want to make a lot of money, that's the wrong reason to go to law school. Like to be a lawyer for money is not the right reason. Um, and it's same thing, like too many people just want to do the next biggest thing to fit in with the crowd or to make a lot of money. Those are the two reasons a lot of people do anything and specifically something like aesthetics. And I can't tell you the amount of times that I've seen like terrible work done because they went to someone who just had the best deal or because it's like in exchange for a post, like you can get it for free. And it's like, they just want marketing, but they're they're not paying attention to you. They don't know who you are. They don't care about you. Um, or with legal services, people will just like do like the quickest, like they'll do a Google search and be like, Oh, cool. I'll do that. And it's like, that sounds affordable. Like I can do that a hundred dollars. And it's like, it's done wrong. Like we have, i have, like, I can't undo it now. I can help. It's going to cost you a lot more than if you would have come yep, to exactly. pay my fee from the beginning and exactly. like wrapping people's brains around that. It's just, yeah, it comes back to education and finding mm-hmm. a provider who is educated themselves and continually learning like you are so how do you recommend people find the best injectors for them
1: so I actually was like pretty transparent on my stories I was pretty frustrated with this actually I had a patient encounter and I was just like again just completely blown away by it um I think I might have mentioned it to you previously uh she came to my office and she was like she needed me to fix her, her talks because she felt very heavy and she felt like she's going to open her eyes and her eyelashes were in her eyebrows. And I'm just like, why didn't you go back to where you at? And she was like, Oh, you know, they were closed and they couldn't fit me in. And I was like, okay, I always put myself in my patient's shoes. Cause I was a patient. I still am a patient. Right. But I, but I always think about the patient. So I'm like, mm, doesn't that seem like a red flag to you? Right. If, you were unhappy, or if it was a emergency situation, and you couldn't get into the med spot, don't you think it's a little alarming? Would you feel confident going to that med spot? No. And then I think that from a provider perspective, when I was like, I don't think it's that they couldn't get her in. I think that is that they didn't know how or feel confident to treat her, or they didn't have the necessary tools to treat her. And that is extremely scary for me so yes um (laughs) it it, I that was one thing that was brought to my attention also like if you don't have an established website or if you don't have google reviews and you can't google the business don't go don't just go and get injected like everything should be transparent it should be at available at your fingertips. You should be able to research with I provider went to school. Um, like on like if you go on my website, everything is there for you. It is direct access to my Instagram, direct access to my Google reviews, you know, it's just everything there should there should be no questions. And you should be able to pick up the phone and call the office and talk with somebody and it should just everything should just be very available available and transparent for you. Um and those are some key, just like, you think that they'd be like common, you know, common sense and basics, yeah. but honestly, like you need to resort back to that.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. My, it's funny. Like, I'm always annoyed. When my mom's like, look at the reviews, like on Airbnb. She's like, read the reviews or a hotel. And I'm like, dude, like ev- I've seen it all over. So I'm just like, I don't care. Look at the reviews. I'm like, fine. And every time <laughs> I always find that one review that's like, yeah, I don't like this place anymore. No matter how many times I saw people post about it. So yeah, yep. you have to make an educated guess for yourself. Like you can't just go to where your friend went because you're not your friend, and you know something else is going on there. And it just baffles me sometimes seeing like with anything, but just like seeing other people like their thought processes for anything. And like at the end of the day, not only is it a big financial commitment, but it's it's your face. It's literally mm-hmm. like it. You know, yeah, you can dissolve it, but like it's not completely one hundred percent gone ever yeah what do you think like a good starting like price wise like what do you think is too low like immediately you're like absolutely not like barring like okay, they looked the reviews, they saw like okay, this person wants to win a decent school, like they have good reviews, but like the price seems a little like scary, what obviously independent by city too for sure, mm-hmm. but like what do you think is like the average like starting cost, and like if it's too like low, it's like not worth it.
1: It's so really, it's really challenging, because like you said, every single city and state is different. And there's all like these membership, there's memberships out there. But if you look and see, like, I'll give you an example. So like I started in corporates so with a lot of memberships on certain, you know, if you buy into a membership, you get like a discounted rate, but you have to like, take that into consideration, you're paying for the membership. So you're Price per unit for tops is going to be up. Like you have to be smart about it too. Like I think people, you know, I'm coming. I'm saying this from both a provider and patient perspective, right? Providers make money because they you will build. It's a marketing. It's a marketing tactic. Okay, so I'm going to offer you this membership at this price. Let's just say one fifty, right? And then you're going to get both Botox at ten dollars per unit. But what does it really equate to? It's probably the same thing as regular price Botox, right? So you have to like it's you have to look at it at all these different ways. So I would say, um, again, I have a lot of mentors, a lot of like renowned colleagues out there. And Erica Berry, who's injected money, she's very, very famous. She just came out on her Instagram like last week and she was like, you know, people don't realize as a mentor owner, we have a ginormous overhead, you know, um, all these things cost money. Every single syringe that we use costs money, you know, um, we want to also provide you not only the safest care, but the quality care. So, and again, like, that's why I also, every single thing that I do, it's evidence-based and it's for your safety. But she said, like, all the t- like, Botox has just increased in price. So she was saying that if you can go anywhere that's offering for Botox less than $12 a unit, it is extremely concerning. And I wholeheartedly agree with her. I mean, we're in Miami. We're in a city, a very competitive market. It's also not just about the price in general and the overhead. It's about like we just talked about the provider's experience, their expertise, the quality of care getting. So that number that you see, there's so many things factored into it. So if I, I honestly agree with her, if any, if you are, if you get a deal for less than twelve dollars per unit, like I would be extremely concerned. I would. I mean, I see adver- advertisements out there in Miami. It's like. Three fifty for full face of Botox, and I'm like, what? That doesn't even make any
0: sense. Like, oh, because you don't know how much that from? person needs. I was but. like, where
1: are they getting this from? And like full face, what does full face mean? Like full face is like the entire there's forty three muscles of face. Okay, like full face is full face. Like it's not just like Go Bell and frontalis, like which they're advertising for. And I'm like. They said thirty units for thirty fifty. I'm like, and they said full face, and I was like, mm, this is not full face. This is false advertisement. This is why I, just,
0: I find that funny because full face thirty units. I get fifteen units in just like my my eleventh and like one a little bit right here, and that's fifteen units. So that's not full face.
2: <laughs> what that is not
1: face, and I just like this is it. Just it's all like it's all a part of. You know, protecting uh, like the field of aesthetics because you're you're falsely advertising. So it's it's starting like it's a vicious cycle right there. Because when you're putting that out there, it's also like downgrading all the other providers that are working so hard to protect this industry. And I mean, again, like if you're you're attracting your ideal client. So if there's a client out there that wants to pay that and can't guarantee their results, don't even know what they're you know injecting in your face, and fine, like that that's your provider. Um, but again, like, there's, there's a time and a place where you're just like, you know what, I wish you the best. Um, you know, I don't think that there are a li- we're aligning on this. And I, you know, you have to understand that you agree, disagree, and, and it just be mutual. And, and that's it. Like, I'm not afraid to eat to let patients go, or just tell them, like, no, I don't think that we're aligned on this. And uh, I don't think that I'm the best provider for for your needs. And I'm not going to devalue myself either. You know, it's it's like, yeah. you have to think about where you came from, how hard you work to get where you are. And at the end of the day, this is your licensure, right? This is your brand. What you, is your baby in a way. I always explain to my patients, like my other colleagues and as, you know, uh, like a mentor to some people. And I'm like, this is your baby. This is what you're building. You know, you have to be so protective of it. And you're kind of like the mama bear to your to this brand that you're building, and it, it's okay to say no and be confident in who you are, be confident in, in your education, and because at the end of the day, like I also always say, I have to sleep at night, so I want to be able to sleep peacefully at night and not worry about these things. Because honestly, like if you do things to satisfy other people, it's only going to bite you in the butt long in the, long, in, the, in, the in the long term. So, um, and we've all learn that the hard way
0: um yeah, I think but- you have to learn it the hard way I think at some point like like I always say this like with anything like i like if I could if my experiences in my life lessons no matter what it is dating career whatever if I could tell you what I did so you don't make the exact same mistake I did and you learn from my mistake then I did my job then I I went through that for a reason however I know that you're not gonna make not make mistakes like you're gonna make mistakes I just hope you don't make the exact same one that I already did if I'm taking the time to help you and like you came yep. to me and like I want to provide value to you I tell this to my cousin all the time she's 21 and I'm like mm-hmm. I have five more years of experience than you like I've been through shit like learn from mm-hmm. me like I'm not yep. saying to be like I'm older than you I know better it's like no like I just I've been through shit that you exactly. and you've been through shit a well genuine point and, it, too, and the goal yeah. The goal is to share experiences so we don't go through the same things, at the same, like, again, like, breaking cycles. Like, why do we all have to experience the same thing? Like, let's learn from each other. And I think mm-hmm. at some point, like, some lessons have to be learned the hard way, right? Like, they're stay yeah. and they're going to keep presenting themselves in your life until you learn the same lesson over and over again until one day it finally sticks. But at the end of the day, like, there's a reason why there is mentorship and it's so important, and education, and, like, worst and best case scenarios. Like, you got to... community community community
1: community. i always say it takes a village and i wholeheartedly believe that i i'm only one person so i honestly believe that i could not be where i am today if i didn't have all my support and my mentors and my team backing me up because i'm just one person you know you're a reflection of your team and, and your village and the community that you choose to build um and that's why it's so important just like what you said because again I do completely agree with you even though you have mentors who tell you oh you know be cognizant of this watch out for this you know sometimes you just have to learn the lesson the way yourself and maybe it's more meaningful right um but there are you know that's why it's also really important to have that community to protect you as well and safeguard you know because they want the best for you um but it's all part of your journey in the right timing um yeah, but like your community is
0: everything. I agree. I, I I always like I mean, today is my like one year of my firm and I shouted mm-hmm. out like my my village, my mentors, like I wouldn't be who I am today. I'm just one person, like you said. And but like that that goes for personal also. And yep. you know I I think more people need to remember that that like we're not supposed to do it all on our own, but we're also not supposed to follow the roadmap identically. It's supposed to be a model and like you have to learn things. Like mm-hmm. I was talking about this this week with a, a law firm, like and a lawyer coach, like just like you know, I realized like I've come a really long way and I'm really proud of myself in one year. However, I want to start doing things differently. And I texted my assistants right after, and I was like, next week when we have our brainstorm, like we're gonna really strategize. Like I want to do things differently now because I've been walking, but I could. I've been running before I could walk. I've been doing everything my mentors are doing, but they're two, three years in. I'm Mm -hmm. only one year in like, no, things aren't, I'm not having the same results as them because I'm not ready for that step yet. So let me scale back and go back to basics. Like, and that's part of it. Like that was the mistake that I made. And I'm fully open and honest in saying that, like, you know, like I, am I successful? Yes. Am I loving what I do? Yes. Can I do things differently and better? Yes. And I'm going to learn from that. And you know, I'm going to change things and like I know that I'm gonna see the return on investment be even higher this year than it was last year. And that's that's how you grow in life, in career, in your business. Yeah. Like entrepreneurship, that's like that's how it goes. But I think yeah, people just need to be more aware of that. Like that mentorship 100%, 100%,
1: is hundred percent. I think
0: mentorship isn't is it's not a blueprint. It's a roadmap. Like it's like it's it's a suggestion. It's not mm-hmm. a like this is what you gotta do and you'll be successful
1: not one size fits all yeah um no I I completely agree with you I think it's all part of the process too and trusting the process but also like being so self-aware and being present and being able to truly reflect and I think that's also why you know mindset is everything and surrounding yourself with positive energy and good people and support um it really does like guys you understand this like entrepreneurship I think I always say this and I said you know getting my doctorate was extremely challenging but I think that entrepreneurship
0: is the most challenging thing that I've ever done in my life oh, I, I call it getting an MBA in life like truly I mean we only met recently but like if you would have met me a year ago and I, I mean I had started I was an entrepreneur already but mm-hmm. truly like even a year ago even six months ago, I was reading back on my journal from six months ago when I started journaling for the first time. Like over the weekend, just like I don't know, I was in my feels and I was like, let me read let me I'm just kidding. yeah. I s I I don't know, I flipped to the front and I was like, damn, I've come all really long. Yes. Right months. That and, is so fulfilling, honestly. And, no, it like made me cry and I was like really mushy and I was like, yeah. I don't like like that I'm being like mushy and emotional, but like you need to go back and See how far you'd come to, and yeah, reflect on it see and, where you started yeah and and I love that you do that with your client your it's so humbling care. it's so humbling too, yeah, but I love that you deal with your patients are like we at yeah. our consultation we came up with a one year plan of care let's start there, like what has changed because maybe in three months your treatment plan changed because you know you you don't need to do whatever it was anymore yeah. um and same thing like with like my consultations with clients, I'm like, I want to have Like I'm gonna, I'll provide you the service that you came to me for. But before we even do that, let's talk about what your plans for your business are long-term and see Mm -hmm. if there's anything else that we could be doing simultaneously or that needs to be done before or that we could do after. And like, you know, like, yeah, do I want recurring clients? Sure, that's part of it. You can say that, but Mm -hmm. it's gonna be like, I want to provide the best value to you and the best legal care. Like, that's how I see it. Like, and it's like, Holistic isn't the word because I don't think anything in law is holistic, but yeah. um, but like it's kind of that. It's like I want to sh- like do things like right from the beginning and give you a comprehensive package, not just one service. And yes, is that going to cost you more? Sure. Is it going to take longer? Sure. But that's not, the, that's not the goal. That's not the bottom line. The bottom line is mm-hmm. you get everything you need when you need it and how you need exactly. it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um but with that like what are some of your favorite services that you provide like in your office and what do you think are some things to look out for like in like trends of aesthetics and what do you think is gonna now it's like a new year trends are evolving always I think that 20 I mean 2023
1: it was occurring already but I think 2024 is just going to skyrocket this it's all about the concept of like natural beauty regenerative beauty um, And that's kind of has always been like BJ's philosophy, but I think that a lot of um the trends are going to be about like treating holistically and not focusing on explaining to my patients like this. You're going to come to me and say you, you don't really like your lips, right? But say you come to me, like you're in your, your 30s or your 40s and you're already aging in certain areas your things, but you don't like your lips. I want like, it's all about. The comprehensive plan, so you're gonna have like these nice rejuvenated lips, and then you're gonna see signs of aging and other areas of your face. So it doesn't doesn't look natural, it doesn't look comprehensive, right? So I think that aesthetics in the beauty industry, it's really gonna be about more of a natural beauty approach. You know, not about covering and laying your face with makeup, but just naturally beautiful healthy skin and this is actually kind of what I did my doctoral uh, project on was so I actually focused on skin cancer awareness in racially diverse populations because people of color actually when I did my doctorate had a higher morbidity versus white populations uh, for skin cancer so I back then really focused on just healthy skin and skin cancer awareness and just Natural skin, not covering your face with makeup and doing treatments like that's also a concept, right? Like, okay, let's define natural beauty because that can be different for everybody, right? You know, natural beauty to me is waking up and not having to put you know makeup on and just feeling like my best self, just naturally, right? Um, not having to conceal my skin, um, but really investing in good quality products and modalities where I feel my best self not having to put, you know, makeup on or lashes. Not that it's fun sometimes, which when I'm going out, but not like on an everyday, you know, um, basis. So I think that everyone's idea or definition of beauty is different or natural beauty is different. You know, some things that I might see as natural, like it's so funny. My, my brother's like, Alex, nothing you do is natural. I'm like, Nick. My brother <laughs> says the
0: same thing. He's He's like so my mom and I've given so much shit my brother's 22 and he like was like I want to date a girl who's like never had anything done it's like in this city you're never (laughs) gonna find a girl who's never had anything done because if you didn't know that I had work done would you know that I had work done? he goes yeah you're right I'm very open about it because I know that I don't want to give the false reality that like I was born this way I most definitely was not but Like I have a nose job and actually speaking of like comprehensive, I have a chin implant. Did I go into that doctor's office thinking I was going to have a chin implant at 17? No, but if he did my nose and not my chin, do you think it would have looked right? No. So he's like, we're going to do both. And my mom was like, okay, let's do it. And I was lucky that my mom was open to it, obviously financially, and that they trusted my doctor and they let let me, you know, have the procedure that I had been wanting for years and and i have my lips done and i have botox if you didn't know that i had any of that you would have thought i was born this way but i mm-hmm. was like, not so i'm like brandon you don't know what it looks like to be natural like boys are like exactly. will, never ha- has no makeup on and it's like airbrushed like perfect makeup it looks like she's not wearing any but she's wearing a full face so i'm like yeah okay
1: there was like this real a long time ago or something and it was like um it's like effortless beauty and it's like no one understands how much effort it is to be effortless <laughs> and it's that's the same concept right but honestly like same thing for me like i've had i'm very transparent of what i do um but i also really believe that i have to practice what i preach like i'm the advertiser for my business right so i can't be saying oh you know preaching natural beauty and then not look natural so everything that i do you know even i'll call myself out sometimes like okay alex like you know that's not the right t- you know the best room for you right now Like I. It's different from you looking at yourself as a patient and a provider, right? Yeah. And that's really important, too, because you can go overboard
2: with these procedures. You can
1: also, you know, want them, but then know that it's not the right timing or, you know, check yourself and hold yourself accountable as well. Right now, I just turned 31, um, and I started my sculpture journey, which I'm obsessed with Sculptra. It is the purest form of creating your own natural collagen. It's regenerative medicine at its finest. It is where aesthetics is growing, okay? Um, It is the, it's a dermal filler, but it's the most natural form of dermal filling. And honestly, it's where I pretty much open all of my, you know, the conversations, the SI conversations with all my patients now. Um, Because not only does it address, you know, structural um, irregularities and um, shadowing um, volume loss also addresses the skin integrity so you're going to get that collagen formation that glowing skin and it's really about prevention moving forward and just you know preserving where you are at right now in your aging process and that's why i love sculpture so much not only it's it's also gradual so it's not like you wake up the next day and like you have all these fillers in your face and and people are like oh she definitely had something done like what did she do um it's more like oh wow you know alex is looking really good i wonder what she got done you know it's, it's a gradual um process and a lot of my patients want that natural beauty approach and sculpture is the best injectable for them you know there's there every single patient's different so i do use you know um hyaluronic acid fillers it just depends on the patient um i think that Tox is like the wonder drug, honestly, like you can, you can achieve amazing non-surgical results with neuromodulators or neurotoxins. And a lot of people are not seeing the results that they want because they are underdosed. So I always tell my patients, like I had this one patient come into me, my really good friend. And she's like, you know, I'm on a budget, you know, she would always do more conservative. She'd always be underdosed. And I
2: was like, please. Please just
1: come in and let me do one time how I want to treat you. And she was like, "Oh my goodness, why did I not listen to you sooner?" And I was like, "Yeah, you have to trust your providers, you know." She wanted to go get eye surgery, and I'm like, "You don't need eye surgery. You just need the correct amount of Botox in, in your in your crow's feet, you know." Like it just people it goes back. It's funny. I, I want
0: to I want to talk to you about this. Like I want to go see you like for an actual consultation. Yeah. Because- I last time, the first time I did Botox, she did my eyes, like my crow's feet. Not for the crow's feet. Mm-hmm. I like the wrinkles. That's not my issue. Is mm-hmm. like I have extra skin, and so she did it, and it looked really good. The second time we did it, we only did my elevens and not the eyes because I didn't need it at the time. But now I need it, and I'm like, okay, I know that at one point in the future I may need to get like a blood but, like, maybe I can avoid it for longer or never have to get it with Botox. So, I actually want to talk to you about that. Yes, yeah, I'll chat. But it's it's so true. Like, everyone's different. And, like, I've heard this of, like, the underdosing and, like, the results that you could get. And, like, I, I personally think – I'm glad I went the surgical nose job route. I, like, have seen some really cool results with the – not, the, you know, the filler one. Like, mm-hmm. I already had a big nose. If I would have done the filler out, my nose would have been way bigger than it already – it was. Mm-hmm. And, like, now it's smaller. But it's still – Not small, it fits my face and things like that. But I think it's really cool, your philosophy on it. But no, I think it's really cool that your philosophy is being more holistic and uh, customization and like really, you know, listening to your patient and then providing advice and education. I think that is, it's huge and it's something that's really missing. And I'm glad that that tends to be the trend now. I remember when I was in college, like 2016 era, was like full face and like bold brows and like really like intense makeup and I look back and like one she was very young and mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of other like things growing behind the scenes. But I look at that girl and I'm like, why were you doing that? Like now I look at myself and I'm like, I look so much better. And like Yeah. Oh my god. Like, I'm like
1: I look better now in my thirties than I did in my twenties. Like I feel oh, so one hundred confident in myself and just it really affects you like comprehensively. I'm like, I I love myself in my 30s, you know? Oh, I, just, I talk
0: about this all the time. Like I'm 26 and I love myself so much more now than mm-hmm. I did in my teens and 20s. My early 20s, like undoubtedly, but mm-hmm. I cannot wait for 30. Like everyone's like so afraid. I'm like, I'm excited. Like I cannot wait I'm, to see who I am at 30. Like I am so excited because yeah. I know that at that point, like I will have, hopefully a supportive husband and hopefully a child or one on the way and a
2: house I'm excited for what's and to come. my oh.
0: career to be really established where I can now take the focus off of growing a business. And it's, it's working and I can focus on my life and yep. also because I like who I'm becoming. I like who I'm seeing in the mirror so much more now mm-hmm. than I ever have before. And yep. am I doing a lot more maintenance stuff to take care of myself? Yeah, I am. But I genuinely love the process of like skincare and my nighttime routine and my, my morning routines and like all this stuff. So I want to ask you like for someone who being holistic is something that you've grown up with and is a very important part of your life and your business and your philosophy. Like what's your like day like daily routine, like morning, night routine. Like what are your non-negotiables like wellness wise? And like, what's your skincare routine?
1: Yeah, I also want to point out to to um, kind of loop back into the, the previous topic. Um, I'm not sure if you saw uh, Pamela Anderson. She's now going like you know has a very natural look, and she's going yeah, to all the award and like um, the the um, rewards shows and everything that was a bear, more of a bare face. And I and I I love that. I love seeing that, and that's just so amazing. Like she's confident in who she is in the aging process, and. Um, recently, like Kylie Jenner. I mean, yes, everyone knows Kylie Jenner for you know being having a f- more full look, but she is definitely more on the natural side, you know, especially in her most recent um, you know, outing. I'm not sure where she was, uh, like on social media, it was some rewards, but um, they're pointing out about like her malar edema and her anatomy and her in her mid face, but. To be honest, though, even though she does have work done, she still looks pretty natural to me, you know, as far as like the makeup goes, you know, she, it, she definitely she's is more doing famous.
0: a lot less. She's doing yes. a lot less now and like, she's my age and I'm just, I'm so happy to see it because of the message it sends to the generation b- below us, you know, yes. the early twenties and late teens girls that are, I see like, but <laughs> it's all the time, the girls in my sorority in college. I would not be in that sorority if I were to rush now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So looking the way that I look,
2: yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Like
0: though so these girls are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And they look like they're 30 because they have so much work done so young and it looks natural and it looks great. It's good work mm-hmm. some something or not. And I've seen those too, but for the most part, they're it's good work, but they just look so much older and like Kylie yeah. was so long looked way older than our yeah, age exactly how she's starting to look more like it's trans- her age transitioning especially recently
1: and i i just want to point that out too that i do think that that's what this new beauty era is going to be a, a yeah. more like natural holistic approach I so know. yeah in regards to me i honestly feel in the past i would say here i never really understood like i was always healthy um never drank a lot of alcohol never really partied like i told you i was a whole body um But I always like was into fitness and working out and like like, everything, Um, but never really understood like what the meaning of self care was, which is very weird. But I think that it's a hard concept to understand for a lot of like, it just.
0: Especially I think for people like us that are very ambitious and go getters from a very young age, like you worked your entire life, you were a nanny, you always had a job, you worked during school, like you're like like, we were always doing something we never really had the luxury of not doing anything right like we were mm-hmm. always busy whether it's because we needed to be in a sport or an activity because there was no child care to like paying our way through school like we just like, didn't like be alone like yeah. we were always doing something so like that's like a really foreign concept but now I'm like don't talk to yes else, or I've had my time to sit outside in the sun exactly
1: during- exactly like this whole concept of like loving yourself I'm like but I do love myself. Like I do, you know, I put the work in. I I go on walks and I, I eat healthy and I do all like, you know, um, I meditate. Like I, I know I'm not, I didn't really understand. Like I, I go to therapy too and therapy is my form of self-care and one of my forms of self-care. And I was like, I, this, I go to my therapy and like, what, what do you mean I love myself? Like, I don't understand. What is everyone saying? You have to love yourself. And I'm like, and it was just this big like concept that I was like, I it was so challenging and confusing for me to understand but I think in this last year like I really got it and let me tell you it has like revolutionized everything oh, I think
0: 2023 life. was that year for a lot of people it was for sure for me as well but what do you, what are some of those non-negotiables now that you do in your routines
1: Oh my gosh. So I love uh, meditating. I'm not the best. I try to do it daily. If I don't do it in the morning when I wake up, I like to meditate before I go to bed. I've also tried not to be on social media as much. Like with my business, I have to always be on social media to grow it. Um, It's kind of like how my patients find me, but like also just transparency, reliability, Um, but it can definitely be toxic, you know? Um, So I try not to be on it as much before bed. But honestly, I love nature and being outside. I love seeing water. It's so therapeutic for me. So, going on long walks, I have a three-pound Yorkie, and he's my baby. So, I go on lots of walks with him. I actually, running, I love running. I get like a runner's high from it. Um, it's so funny because I feel like whenever I'm walking or outside in nature or even running, I feel like I'm the most creative which I don't know why it just happens. I um,
0: common I've, for a lot of people, actually. Yeah.
1: I've recently become obsessed with reform Pilates. Pilates. Um, I go to the Jet Set location in downtown. And honestly, I don't, it's incomparable compared to anything that I've done. Um, and I told you, I've done a lot of different workouts. Uh, I love the fact that, so it's funny because my mom's a Pilates instructor. And she teaches Matt Pilates. And I go, to, I, I go to her, I'm like, mom, she asked me to take her class one time and I was like, hey, I'll take it. And I took it and I was like, I'm never taking your class again. I was like, this is not the type of workout that I like. And I was like, that was, it was so, it was just like, I I struggled through the entire class. And I was like, this is just not enjoyable for me I'm not taking your class anymore so I was like kind of hesitant to do you know try the reform bodies, but it's completely different yes. and what I love most about it is like I kind of use this like ideology for a lot of things in life like look at certain challenges or certain like you know when okay so when when things are temporary or you're transitioning there for for growth like there's a little bit like discomfort in a way right so i think of it as like a game like and there's like an end there's like a finish line right so the way i think about it is like you you it's only temporary and it's all about your mindset so for pilates like you know how you have to count down it's not a race right but you have to count down it's very meditative so for me, when I leave there, I just feel like it's completely transformative. Like mind, body, everything. And I that's like my new obsession, honestly, for self-care. And then also therapy. I encourage everyone to go to therapy. Um, I had this, I'm not sure if we spoke about this previously, but um, with my past relationships, I've been in quite a few serious relationships, but I always found myself going to therapy with my partner um like couples therapy or whatever being um and I never went to therapy for myself so this past year I started going to therapy for myself and I really feel like you know a lot of people go to like you know business coaches or consulting stuff like that I feel like she's just like my comprehensive coach in a way and I don't you know I always say that like you don't have to go to therapy because you have a problem you know, or an issue. You go to therapy because it's like just making you a better person. Um, and honestly, I feel like, especially as an entrepreneur, my capacity is so much more. Like, I walk into my my office and I'm like, now I have like this abundant capacity because I feel like at like this level, and I can I can withhold like you know whatever life has to throw at me this day. I can take it because I have like this capacity, right? So I think that it's it's all about um the way you think about it your mindset but I I highly encourage therapy for everyone
0: yeah no I agree I'm not currently in therapy but I've been in and out of it my entire life pretty much Mm -hmm. I'm at the point where doing it myself with journaling and meditation is is working but I know that (laughs) in a few years probably closer to children and marriage I will go back because I know Mm -hmm. that's going to present a whole new set of challenges um but honestly entrepreneurship is kind of therapy to me too in a way and so is this podcast and like mentorship mm-hmm. yes. and all of these are like my my form of therapy right now and like having that time for myself in the mornings to journal so um, true and things like that but you said you like revision skincare it's the only brand you sell at your office mm-hmm. what a, what are what's your like actual skincare routine to you know maintenance like to prevent and to protect the investment that you're making
1: so i I have quite a few products. I have used all their products. Um, I still struggle with acne, hormonal acne, adult acne. Um, I'm ac- acne prone, just have very sensitive skin. So the reason why I love Revision so much is because it is for combination sensitive skin. And I have successfully cured hundreds of acne patients while using Revision. And they don't have like an acne line per se, but I have curated a regimen for a lot of my acne patients and the results are truly amazing. Um what I love most about revision is that not only the quality of the products, like the basically the um potency of it, that's why it's medical grade, um, is that it's for sensitive skin. So I'll give you an example like their vitamin C serum. Okay. Um, it's the best thing. It's the best quality vitamin C serum on the market It has THD asorbate, which is the best quality vitamin C for anyone who has sensitive or acne prone skin. Um, and what I love about it, it's all evidence-based. So you can literally pull up the clinical trials and look at the products and see how the skin has changed, um, over eight to 12 weeks. A lot of my patients will say that they see a difference in their skin within two weeks. And, um, Honestly, like everyone knows that it usually does take a good two or three months to see difference with skincare products. But for me, I love um, a couple of products that I absolutely love from Revision. It's hard for me to choose, but um, I would say definitely their C plus um, complex, the thirty percent C plus um, complex. I love their DEJ eye cream, which I would highly recommend for you um and we can talk about that it's Actually, great fresh. i
0: have been recommended it before but i've never tried it i i've, I've yeah. used their their foaming cleanser like to wash their it gentle
1: cleanser it lathers so nice it's great for pre uh post pre and post procedure but their dj eye cream i really i always say to my patients the two areas of the face that we see aging occur primarily is the eye area and the mouth area okay yeah. because those are the muscles that we're using the most right okay. we're eating speaking, talking kissing, squinting, expressions, all these things, right? So we want to preserve those as much as possible. And especially the skin in the under eye area. You no, know, there's various, it's it's, it's honestly um, multiple modalities. Like you have to target and address it with different um, modalities to approach that area. But skincare, it's really, it's one of those things that it's so underestimated. It really is.
0: Oh, I love it! I think that's therapy too. Like taking off my makeup at night, like the warm water—it's just Mm -hmm. and like when I put the moisturizer on my face and like giving myself a little massage—it's so nice. Like this morning,
2: uh,
0: last Mm -hmm. night I did like the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads, and this morning I did like the ice roller, and then I was putting my skincare on, and I was like, "Oh my god, it feels so soft!"
2: Like therapeutic,
1: yeah. The DJ I think would highly recommend it. It helps address like the skin laxity, uh, crepiness firmness um i absolutely love that product on and then the revox the revox slime relaxer again like i literally quote studies to my patients myself skincare like it's good
0: i love nothing to me is more attractive than anybody but women who know their shit like uh, you start quoting me i'm like i don't know what the hell you're saying but this is like (laughs) Tell me <laughs> to tell me more. Tell me, come <laughs> on. Like, so I think it's awesome that you do that. But yeah. I mean, we could keep talking forever. But yeah. For anyone who wants to get into like they're seeing like what we said, like aesthetics is the the wave and like everybody's doing it. And it it is a lucrative and like good field to be in. What is your biggest piece of advice for a nursing student or someone who wants to get into this field of, you know, on the medical side of things, of course like any advice for them?
1: Oh my gosh. I was actually thinking about this earlier too. Um, I kind of like want to resort back to the whole, like the failure concept, because a lot of, when you asked me the initial question you opened up with, with was what is, what is one thing that people wouldn't know about you? Like behind the scenes? Um, I actually failed my NCLEX initially. So my nurse my, my first nursing exam was my NCLEX for to be a registered nurse. And I failed it. And not a lot of people know that about me, but now I am a doctoral prepared aesthetic nurse practitioner and many years later. So there has been numerous failures in my life or challenges per se in my life. And I think that that's kind of what I want to hone in on is that like, don't let any of these challenges, um, kind of stop you from continuing I really believe that all of those challenges should just be a driving force to your success and maybe it wasn't the right timing so you just have to really trust in the process and um it's all like I said all about community all about mindset and if you really want something and if it's meant to be it will happen um I hope yeah that's you. advice I can give to all And you know I get it a lot and and honestly, just like put the work in, you know, I always tell this to my students too. I'm like, you guys have to come here and show up and do your due diligence. Like it's not gonna be handed to you. You know, you have to really grind. Like I, it is like blood, sweat and tears. Like, yeah, you have to hold yourself accountable you have to be willing to do it. No one's going to give anything in life to you. No one's going to save you.
0: It's not Um, worth it. If it's not worth it too, if it was just handed to you, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. I like jokingly, when I graduated mm -hmm. from law school, I put that blood to tears, (laughs) literal blood because I once time fell down the stairs and there was (laughs) blood all of the time. i like, um, like they're like lawyers, there's no blood in that. Oh, no, there was blood. Um, but it wasn't worth it. Like, it made it worth it at the end of the day, walking mm-hmm. across that stage, passing the bar, like, no matter how many times it takes you to pass or whatever it is, like, it's so much more rewarding mm-hmm. because, you know, you put the work in and you're the only one who's, you're the, only, the you're the captain of your own ship, you know, like, you, mm-hmm. you're the one in charge. So it ends up being so much more worth it. But thank you so much, Alex. This was course, incredible. Course, I
1: enjoyed every single minute of it
0: me too where can everybody find you tip yourself out and i'll link it all below
1: so you can find me on my social media at blonde girl aesthetics
2: and all of my information is on there